everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. Isn't that so true? He's never going to let us down, never does, never will. Uh, we are talking about a brand new series. We're going to talk about um, going to the beach. How's that sound for a summer series? Going to the beach. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah, who doesn't love going to the beach, right? There are some rules, though, when we go to the beach. You, there are some things that you, you uh, want to do uh, when you're at the beach, right? You want to, um, especially if you're, you know, you want to get there early. You want to make sure you get there early. Just, just so why? Why? Because you want to you wanna find that good spot, right? A nice view of the water, that water view. You don't want to stare at somebody's back of their head or whatever the case is or whatever sort of suntan screen, sunblock they're putting on or whatever the case may be. You know, you, so you want to have a good view. You want to have some, some distance, right? You want to have some space between you and, and, and the people that you're around, right? So some of these rules about, about going to the beach. And then, and then you'd be honest, you, you don't want to be around certain people. Like there's just some people that you don't like, the people, you know, the people that play their music loud. Like they're like, I'm, I'm doing my own beach vibe here. Got my Jimmy Buffett going and I don't care who hears it, right? I'm like, this is, this is my vibe. And, and they're going to crank it up as loud as they want, you know, or, or they're the people, the sports people, you know what I'm talking about? The people that like play football and, and then they're like, oh, the, they let one get away and it bounces into your, you know, into your spot. Anybody with me on the, on the beach so far, right? Early view, space and people like this is one of the, these are rules if you don't know the rules of the beach you need to write these things down this is good stuff i don't know like maybe you're not familiar with the rules of the beach this is this is helpful stuff so um, but a, the spot is, 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 is the most important thing, right? The spot is the most important. Well, Jesus and his, some, some of the, his guys that were beginning to start to follow Jesus, he was heading to the beach. Jesus was going to the beach. And really, over the next few weeks, we're going to just be talking around, you know, t- times when Jesus and what Jesus taught us uh, when he was at the beach, you know, when he was on the shore uh, of, you know, different, you know, bodies of water, whatever the case is. And so we're going to be talking about some things that we can glean from that, learn from that, apply to our lives. And so Jesus was, was heading to the beach. And it says in, in Matthew 3, it says, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at, at, at the Jordan, Jordan River, coming to John to be baptized by him. Now, this was like a big deal. This is like when you reread this, and, and I know we've, some of us have been in church for too long, and we, we hear these like, you know, Jesus got baptized and this and that, but this was like, what in the world? Why would Jesus go arrive from Galilee to the Jordan, you know, and, and, and come to John, who was John was John the Baptist. That's what he did. John baptized people, John the baptizer, to be baptized by John. And well, you know, even it says that um, these things took place in Bethany. So where was the place where these things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing people? So, that, you know, it was, it was referred to because there was a couple different Bethanies. Like there was one Bethany where, you know, Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived. That was, that was one Bethany. But this was a different Bethany. This was where they, where the scripture would sometimes refer Bethany beyond the Jordan. It was a, just a, a part. It was a well-traveled you know, area, lots of religious leaders, lots of tax collectors. 
collectors, lots of you know, regular publicans, regular people would travel around this road. It, it, it led from Jerusalem to Jericho. This is sort of where the spot was. And it was referred to as Bethany beyond the Jordan. And that's where John spent a lot of his time doing. And so if you have a, here's an image and you can even go there today and just go there. Here's a spot right there where people go and, and people get, get baptized. Why? Because you know, that's where Jesus was, was baptized. And if you ever get a chance to go, it's, it, you know, it's amazing. I would love to do that one day. And so that's what, sort of what it looks like today. But that was sort of where, the, where they think maybe where the spot was where Jesus was baptized. Now, this had a significant historical uh, you know, uh, you know, issue with it because there was, this was one of the spots where some major, major uh, events took place. As a matter of fact, John probably picked this spot for a reason. And, and the reason why he picked this certain spot where he wanted, you know, to baptize people was because of the history. The history was is that the nation of Israel, you know the story, they were led out of captivity of Egypt, you know, led by Moses many years, and then eventually um, Moses died, and then Joshua took over. And they come to what, what the scripture teaches us, that they come to a, a body of water, a river, which is here, the Jordan River, they come to the Jordan River and, and, you know, they have to cross the Jordan River in order for them to go into the land that God promised to them. And so God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, I want you to cross the river. And, and Joshua is saying, you want me to cross this river? You want me to, me to lead all these people through this river? I'm like, I mean, these, some of our people are real small and some of you people know how to swim and they're, they're, they, don't, they won't have a chance if that's what you want us to do. And so God says, this is what I want you to do. And so Joshua says, this is what God wants wants us to do and, and they started with the priests and they and they led the ark of God across the river and as soon as the scripture teaches us and if you're familiar with church the scripture teaches us that as soon as they stepped into the water that the water started pulling away it said as far away as this is what, what, what the scripture refers to as the city of Adam the, the, the water started pulling away pulling away and, and, and God parted the sea the Jordan River he parted that river so that God's people could cross into the, their promised land the land that God gave to them. And so there's some significant history and reason why maybe John chose that spot was because of what happened in the past with God's people. Another thing that happened probably in this spot, why? Because spots are important when, it, when you go to the beach. Another significant thing that happened at, at that spot was um, Elijah and Elisha were going for a walk and they, they walked into the Jordan River and when Elijah and Elisha walked into the Jordan River, it parted on them too. It, it, the, the waters just parted away for Elijah and Elisha. And then Elisha, that's, where, that's the spot where Elisha asked Elijah, hey, can you give me a double portion of the blessings that you got? Can I have a double portion of that? And, uh, and Elijah said, well, if I go away from now, then you can probably have that double portion. And then all of a sudden, Elijah was taken away and he was never to be seen again. Such an amazing thing. It happened right there at that spot. There's, a, there's an importance to why John was baptizing in that spot. And there was major, major historical significance to that. Well, Jesus is showing up, and the most significant of all was that Jesus showed up to be baptized by John in that spot. So Jesus shows up, and he comes up to John, and he tells, I don't know how, what the interaction was, but he tells John, hey, John, I want you to baptize me. And look what John's response is. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have the need to be baptized by you, yet you are coming to me? 
Like of all people, like you're, you're the Christ. You know, John would, would later say, you're the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. And you're, you're wanting to, me to, be, to baptize you? I, I, you should be baptizing me instead. So John was trying to prevent him from doing that. And, and understandably so, because John's message of baptism was this. Here's what John's baptism was about. And they were being baptized, John was baptizing, by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. And then it says in verse 11, it says this. It says, as for me, I, John's talking, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. You see, the reason why John was so uncomfortable with baptizing Jesus was because he knew something that was true about Jesus. He knew something that was true about the Son of God, that he didn't have any sin to repent from. He didn't have any sin to confess. And that the baptism of, that John was baptizing people was the baptism of repentance. And repentance gets sort of a bad rap. When, we, when you talk about repentance with people that maybe aren't Jesus followers, they sort of like, you know, get uncomfortable and they don't like, you know, the, your message and they're not, they're not like, they think, that, you know, yeah, that's, it's about judgmental, you're being judgmental, blah, blah, blah. But that's not really what repentance is supposed to communicate. You see, when John was telling people to come and confess their sins, yeah, we, we all are sin, we all are sin and fall short of the glory of God. And when John's message was, was a message of a baptism of repentance, you see, the, the definition of repentance is to change your mind to his mindset and act on that change. It's, it's more of a change in a mindset. It's a, it's a, I'm thinking one way, but I think I need to think another. Like, I'm thinking that way, and this way isn't really working for me. This way isn't really going the way that I want it to go. And, and I need to change the way that I think. And, and I should, and what I, we, all, we all should do is we need to change our mind to his mindset. Even that Philippians tells us to have the same mindset that was in Jesus. Have that same kind of mindset. And then the most important thing is to act on that change. Act on that change. And then John would later say, John would say, you know what, happen, what happens when you repent? When you change your mind to his mindset, you know what happens? You're going to start bearing fruit. He says there's, a, there's going to be a fruit of that repentance. There's, when you act on that change, you're going to experience the fruit in your life, and people should see the fruit in your life. And so that's what John's baptism was all about, and that's why John was so uncomfortable with baptizing Jesus, which, by the way, is the greatest dunk of all time, if you haven't got on, caught on to that. And so Jesus is going, listen, listen, listen. I, I, you have to do this. You have to do this for me. And, and, John, and Jesus says it this way. He, t- he tells him this in verse 15. But Jesus answering said to him, allow it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. You know what, the way that Jesus lived? Here's the way that Jesus lived and the way that we should live. Jesus lived surrendered in humility, and submitted to his authority. That's the way that Jesus lived. Jesus lived his life, surrendered in humility, and submitted to his authority. For Jesus, I mean, he, his, he, from the time he was 12, we can read in scripture, from the time he was 12, he, he would say things like, I'm only doing the business of my heavenly father. 
I'm only doing the business of my heavenly father. I'm only, and for his whole life, you can read it all throughout the gospels. You'll see Jesus always make the same. And I'm only doing what my father wants me to do. I'm only doing the will of my father. And even in the, in the, in the last days of Jesus on earth, Jesus was sweating droplets of blood and he was praying to his father. And he was asking his father not to endure and take the cup you know, of, of sacrifice for you and for me. And, and he would say, it's not my will, but thy will be done. It's not my will, but thy will, your will, God, be done. I mean, Jesus lived, surrendered in humility. I mean, Jesus, he could have referred to himself as the son of God. I'm the son of God. I'm the son of God, and you need to treat me that way. But instead, Jesus referred to himself over 80 times as the son of man, as the son of man. That Jesus just wanted to identify with us, but also he wanted to just serve us. Jesus said, you know what makes you great? You know what makes you great? It's not your authority that you have over people. It's not how much prestige or privilege that you have. You know what makes you great? He says, the greatest of all is the servant of all. And Jesus demonstrated the ultimate act of humility by submitting to his father's authority. And, he, and, and, and one night, while the disciples were around gathering around a meal, Jesus washed their feet. The son of God, the savior of the world, the creator of all things, the one who put breath in your lungs and in mine got on his knees and he washed the disciples feet and he says just as I've washed your feet you ought to wash one another's feet Jesus lived surrendered in humility and submitted to his authority and Jesus in his humility came to John and said John you baptize me because this is fit this is right and I want to show it an example and the example that he wanted to show was an example of his righteousness, that he took on our unrighteousness, and he gave us his righteousness. Kathy, can you go back to that verse for me real quick, that verse before Jesus surrendered his humility? Yeah. It, look at it. But Jesus answering said to him aloud at this time, for it is in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. It is fitting for us to fulfill all all righteousness. So, Kathy, can you give me the definition of righteousness, please? He says, righteousness, here's what righteousness is. Righteousness is exchange your wrong for his right and act on that exchange. That's righteousness. It's exchanging your wrong for his right and acting on that exchange. Paul wrote it this way in Philippians 3. Here's what Paul, way that Paul said it. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, Derived from the law. In other words, we can't work or earn or do enough to earn our right standing with God. We can't get in good graces with God because of our own acts of works. He says, not derived from the law, but that which is through faith, through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. It means you don't have to earn it, work for it, but it's through faith that you can receive the righteousness that comes from God. It's an exchange that happens. It's, it's your wrong for his right. What, a, what an exchange, huh? It's your wrong. It's your sin and mine. It's my shame. It's my guilt. It's my anger. It's my greed. It's my pride for his 
love and his grace and his forgiveness and his generosity and his joy and his peace. You see it? It's an exchange that happens. You say, that doesn't sound very fair. It's not fair. It isn't fair. The other way that Paul wrote it was this in 2 Corinthians. He says this, he made him who knew no sin to be sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin in our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So maybe the question is that you're asking yourself, then why get baptized? Why get baptized if not applied to him? Why get baptized? Why, why, why go get the, the baptism of repentance and confession of sin? Why get the baptism of righteousness if he was without sin? Why, why, why? Well, it's, it's important to understand what baptized means or what does, it mean, what does that word mean? Well, it means this. Baptized means to dip or to immerse. That's what it means. To dip or to dunk, the greatest dunk of all time. To dip or to immerse. That's what baptize means. And so what Jesus was doing on the beach that day was Jesus was giving a personal demonstration. Jesus was giving a personal demonstration. I love this about Jesus because you know me, I love personal demonstrations. I love object lessons. I love visual aids. It must be the way I understand things and learn things. This is what Jesus was doing, and the reason why Jesus got baptized is because he wanted to give a personal demonstration of what? Of his death and burial. Of his death and his burial. This was the personal demonstration. Jesus was wanting his audience and you and me to understand something about baptism. That it's a personal demonstration of his death and his burial. That's why they were immersed. That's why they were dunked. That's why they were dipped under the, the water. It was, a, it was a representation of that. And what Jesus was demonstrating... This is so huge. What Jesus was demonstrating, what Jesus was showing by visual aid was that because of our shame and guilt and sin and whatever you want to name that, whether it's pride or greed or anger or jealousy or envy or whatever or sexual immorality, Jesus said, I'm taking all of that on for you and I'm going to be, I'm going to die for it and I'm going to be buried in it for you. I'm going to take all of your guilt and all of your shame and all of everything that makes us wrong and to do wrong and to live wrong, to think wrong. He says, I'm going to bury myself. And, and the picture is that the wrath of God, the, the, the punishment of God would be would, would overwhelm him, would be immersed. He would be immersed in that in, in the, as a picture under the water and the burial of what you and I deserve, Jesus took for us. Let me say that again. What you and I deserve, Jesus exchanged that. He says, I'm, you're, you deserve death, you deserve burial, but instead, I'll take it. You, I'll give you righteousness, and I'll give you forgiveness. And it's through faith that you can receive that gift. But, and, I'll, 
and I'll be buried. I'll be buried in the wrath of God for you so that you and I don't have to be buried in the wrath of God. That's the gospel, everybody. That's the good news. Not only is the story of Jesus true, but the story of Jesus is good. Our message is good. It's good. It's through faith. Our forgiveness of sins. It's through faith that we receive his righteousness instead of the deserved punishment of death and a burial for our unrighteousness. It was a personal demonstration of that. I love what verse 16 says. After he was baptized, Jesus came up. Yes! I mean, come on. I was like, hey, who likes to go to the beach? And you all were like, I love it! Jesus came up immediately. Jesus came up. It was like, hey, yeah, you and I deserve to be buried in death because of our sin and our shame and our guilt. But Jesus the grave couldn't hold him. He died and he was buried. But not long, he rose up. He came up immediately from the water. It was a personal demonstration of the most amazing thing you and I can even ever know. A resurrection. It was a resurrection. What a picture that day on the beach for everybody to look out and see the sinless man take on our sin the righteous man take on our unrighteousness and to be and to die and to be buried for my guilt and my shame and my sin but yet to be power and to resurrect from the grave and to come up out of the, the water. Let me just give you a quick, just a side note. The water doesn't wash away your sins. The water didn't do that. That's important to you for you to know. It's the shed blood of Jesus that washes away your sins. It was the sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice on a cross and it's putting your faith in him. That's what washes away your sins is shed blood, not any kind of water. There's nothing holy about the water if you've ever been baptized by immersion. It's a picture. It's a picture. And what happens next is what you and I should, a word that, that is said next, look, look this, word, this word here. So Jesus gets baptized Buried, resurrection, picture of the resurrection comes up out of the water. And then the next thing that comes out of Matthew's mouth is, Behold, (laughs) 
Behold. In other words, look and learn. Or pay close attention to this. So Jesus gives this amazing personal demonstration. And then Matthew says, behold now. Are you looking? Look at what he says in verse 16. And behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and settling on him. Isn't that incredible? He says he comes up out of the water and he says, behold, and the heavens were opened. And as he says the spirit, he saw the Spirit of God. As it, he, he says it descended as, as like a dove. It, it wasn't actually a dove, but it, was like, it looked like a dove. He's, he's describing us. And he says it settled on him. And it's interesting about that, that idea of dove because earlier in Scripture, very back in the beginning of Genesis, Noah, when Noah was, on, was with his family on, on the ark, that Noah, after spending you know, a certain amount of days out on the water, out on the water, Noah sends out two birds. Noah sends out a dove and a raven. A dove and a raven. You see, Noah sent out a dove and a raven. The dove eventually came back, but the raven never came back. Why? Because the raven, which is a picture of the world, the raven found things to feast on. He, it found the carcasses of, of dead bodies. I know this is not something you teach kids in Sunday school about Noah's Ark, but we're an adult church. And so the raven stayed out and found some things out there that it feasted on and probably killed itself because of it. It, it, it just consumed the dead carcass out in the world. But the dove said, I don't want that. I'm going to stay pure. I'm going back. I'm going back to the ark. I'm going back to the ark. And then Noah sent the, a dove back out again the second time. And the second time the dove comes back with an olive branch. The olive branch was a picture of peace. And the olive branch was a picture of that, that through Jesus, that through the Spirit of God on us, that, that is settled on him and settles on us, that, that you don't need to, you know, you know dive into or, or, you know, or, or get involved in the things of this world, but there's, a, there's another route, there's another way. And that you, you can have peace with God, even though circumstances around you and situations around you are chaotic, you can have peace with God. And then the third time he sends out the dove, and the dove doesn't return. The dove doesn't come back. And that's a picture of that one day, according to Moses' psalm in Psalm 90, and a song that we like to sing or used to sing a long time ago, one day we're just going to fly away. Oh, glory, fly away. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. Yeah, in the glad morning, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the reality for all of us. That one day that we're going we're gonna to experience the, the eternity of, of being with him forever. We're going to leave this world, this weary world that we live in. We're going to be with him forever. We're going to fly away. We're going to fly away. That's the picture of what the Spirit of God does for all of us. It gives us an alternative to 
divulging the things of this world. It gives us a better way, a better life. It gives us peace with God. And it gives us a place in heaven for all eternity. That's what the Spirit of God does. That's the picture. And that's worth beholding. Don't you think? Behold this. This is good news for all of us. And then Matthew writes this in verse 17. And behold, not only do we behold the Spirit of God that settles on us. There's an alternative to this world. There's peace with God. There's forever with God. But then it says, behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You know, the amazing thing about this is that before Jesus did any miracles, before Jesus performed anything significant, the Father, his Father in heaven, gave him his blessing and says, I'm pleased with him. I'm not pleased based on his performance or what he does. I'm pleased with him based on the fact that he is my beloved son. And you know this as parents or grandparents if you're in the room. You know this to be true. That you are pleased with your children and you, even all of their behavior issues and all of the circumstances that you have to deal with and fight with and, and, and work through, all of that, they're your children and you love them no matter what. You love them unconditionally. There's nothing that they will do that will ever change your love for them and this is what God is showing us through this. He's saying, listen, when you put God, when you receive through faith the death, the burial, the resurrection, the spirit of God comes on you and you need to know something. Everybody needs to know something. You watching from home need to know something. He is pleased with you. God is not mad at you. No matter what you've done, no matter what your past is, no matter what your struggles are currently, no matter what you're, you know, you keep losing those battles day in and day out. Listen, I understand it's a struggle, but you need to know something. God is not mad at you. You're his son and you're his daughter and he loves you. And some of us need to change the mindset. Some of us need to repent of the thinking that Oh, God's always mad at me. I, can't, I can never get it right. I, I always, you know, I always fall away. I always make bad decisions. I always choose this or I always. You have to repent of that. You need to repent of that. God demonstrated his love for you and for me by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross, exchanging your unrighteousness for his. You have the righteousness of God. You have the righteousness of Jesus on you when God sees you he is pleased with you that's something worth beholding if that's a word that's something worth going look and learn from he loves you he he's crazy about you he adores you not because my kids earn it or deserve it, but because they're my kids. They're my kids. Paul wrote it this way. For you, you, you are sons and daughters of God through faith 
in Christ Jesus. He says in verse 27, he says this, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. You put on the clothes of righteousness. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, he says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. He is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. So, for some of us, knowing that, hopefully you know that, hopefully you repent of the thought, thinking of in terms of, man, I don't know if God can use me. The Spirit of God is on you. I don't know if there's another alternative to the things of this world. There is. It's called walking in the Spirit of God. I don't know if I can have peace in this life. There is. You can have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will give you peace. I don't know if there's a place for me in heaven. There is a place for you in heaven. When the Spirit of God is settled on you, there's a place in heaven for you. I don't know if God is ever happy with me. It seems like God's always mad at me. It seems like I'm always disappointing God. Listen, He's He's your Father. And you're his sons and his daughters, and he's pleased with you. Like he was pleased with Jesus, he's pleased with you. So for some, just like what baptism is, baptism is, is a first step. So for some, it's just to take, take a step, take a first step. Take a first step. Take a first step into saying, Jesus, I, I, I know that you, you took the penalty of sin and death for me. You gave me your righteousness. You gave me your spirit. You are pleased with me, and I'm going to take a a step. I'm going to take my first step towards that. And maybe some of you have never been baptized before. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to make a decision to do that. I want to encourage you to say, hey, hey, this is my first step. My first step of following Jesus is I'm, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get baptized just like Jesus was baptized. And I want to show a personal demonstration of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus because that's what Jesus did for me. He took it for me. He paid it for me. He took the wrath of God all for me so that I don't have to. And I'm going to take my first step. So maybe your first step is to get baptized. You should do that. You say, I need to pray about it. Uh, I don't know. No, don't, you don't need to pray about it. Just do it. You don't need to pray about it. Just do it. If, if I would have remembered to have the baptism tank filled up, I was going to ask somebody to fill that up. I would have said, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. But it's empty. We need to have the t- time to fill it up. But next week, I'm gonna, we're going to have it filled up. I'm gonna have, we're going to have it filled up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to, you should get back, you should get back, you say, I, man, you say, and again, I'm, I'm not here to get into any theological argument with anybody, but you should, if you haven't been baptized by full immersion, which is what the picture of baptism is, if you weren't baptized by full immersion, and it wasn't a decision that you made for yourself, you should get baptized. You should get baptized. You need to make the decision, there's a decision that Jesus made for himself to do that, to show a picture of his death, the burial, and resurrection. The water doesn't wash away your sins. It's the shed blood of Jesus that washes away your sin. So the first step is, the first step is get baptized. Or if you've been baptized, here's an, another option for you. It's time to make a fresh start. It's time to make a fresh start. 
You've been walking away. You've been going away from the great. Listen, listen, you, that's been true. But, but the father is still looking in the distance and waiting for you to come home. The father is still looking in the distance and saying, I, I love my son. I love my daughter. But they're, they're, they're wayward. They're, 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 they walked away. And he's waiting for you to turn around. He's waiting for you to repent, change your mind, turn around, so that your heavenly father, you can see him running towards you. Not to give you the beating of your life, which you and I deserve, but to give you a hug and embrace you and to bring you back into the family and the fold of God. Make a fresh start now, today. Do it today. Do it today. But in order for that to happen, you have to surrender in humility and you have to submit to his authority. You got to... Surrender in humility. It's not about me. It's about you. And I'm submitting to my Father. I'm submitting to His authority. For some of you, it's time to take a first step. It's time to take a first step. For most of you, it's time to take a fresh start. It's time to make a fresh start. Follow Jesus, there's no reason why you shouldn't. It's the best news in the world. He died, he was buried, and he rose again for you so that you can have his spirit and so that you can know that there's a God in heaven who loves you. What a message for a world that needs to hear it. What do you think? What do you think? I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to share with you um, an announcement. Um, so let's pray together. Father, God, we, uh, oh, what a picture you showed that day on that beach. Yeah, the spot was picked for a reason. It's a designated spot, a very, very historic, significant historical things that took place there. But the best thing that took place there was the personal demonstration that you showed by allowing yourself in humility and submission to your authority to be baptized, to show the picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And it just simply by faith, not by works, but by faith, we can receive the, the promises, even the promises that go all the way back to Abraham, that we can receive those promises. And we can know that your spirit settles on us. We, we can do far greater things than we can even think or imagine because of this, your spirit that just settles on us. It gives us a peace it gives us a place in eternity. And it gives us another option. Instead of choosing the things of this world, the dead carcasses, things of this world, we get to choose you. And we can walk in this life no matter how many times we've disappointed ourselves. You're never disappointed. You're never ashamed of us. You only delight and you are only pleased with us. In Jesus' name, amen.
So a number of years ago, a uh, young guy, uh, I thought he was younger than he, than he was. He just looks young. Came to me and says, hey, I, you know, I'm just coming to church here. I'd love to jump in, help out. Great. Love, to, love for you to do that. He got involved. He said, I just want you to know, though, I don't know how long I'll be here because I, I, I just have God just given me a, a, you know, a ambition to, to do some traveling, do a little speaking, preaching, help churches. I said, okay, no problem, no problem. So he got settled in here and, um, to be honest, stayed longer than I thought he would. Um, recently came to me and says, hey, I, I got I to gotta do this. I got I to gotta do this thing that God has called me to do and... I got to go and help churches and, you know, that, that need, need help. And, and I just, this is what I believe God has placed in my heart to do. And so, um, so Michael Barksdale uh, is, uh, yeah, come on out, Michael. So Michael Barksdale is, um, um, in the next few weeks, uh, he'll be here with us. And, uh, and, and he, you know, Michael, uh, he's made such an impact um, on you and your family uh, been a, been a big part of our our, our church this this ministry, um, so we're always excited. Church, you need to know, church uh, is different than just business world. Um, it God is it's a movement. Church is a movement, and God just moves people. God brings in. God take. God gives. God takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? God gives. God takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And so, um, so we're just we're excited for Michael. We're excited for that. He's again for us always always. It's whatever God, wherever God leads, we follow, right? Wherever God's leading, we follow. And so God's leading Michael uh, to go and, and, and start a, a new endeavor in, in ministry. And, and like, like I said, to do some, do some traveling, help, help places, help churches, um, just like he's helped us. Um, and so we're, we're excited for Michael. We're also excited for the opportunity. I'm excited for the opportunities for all of us here to say, hey, we, man, now we got to step up. We got to step up, and uh, we got to fill the void that 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 Michael is leaving, and 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 all of us uh, have the opportunity now to to play a part because we're, it's not about one person. It's not about me. It's not about Michael. It's not about anybody else. It's about us. It's about the church and the body of Christ. We all play a part. We're all individual parts of the of the body of Christ, and so um, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's exciting. So, um, so we're going to, we'll, we'll, you know, continue to pray for Michael. We'll, we'll, we'll see Michael, you know, periodically, I'm sure over the, over the years, but, um, but he'll, he'll be here, uh, every weekend. He's going to help us with our, our core day camp. Um, he's going to help us with our adventure week. Um, and then on July 25th will be his last, his last Sunday, uh, here. Um, so we'll, we'll do, we'll have, uh, I don't know, cupcakes or something like that, John, we think, cupcakes. Uh, John loves cupcakes, so we're going to probably do some cupcakes. Um, Michael, most importantly, do you like cupcakes? That's more important. Okay, all right, all right Michael. All right. Um, so we'll, we'll have something on July 25th. So you'll have a few weeks just to say thank you to Michael uh, for his time and dedication and commitment to, to you and your kids. Uh, and so we're grateful for him. So let's pray for him. Um, and then, but before we pray for Michael, um, Michael and I uh, need your help. Uh, and what we need is all these chairs out of this room. Um, so um, don't leave, help, grab a chair. Because <laughs> we got kids coming in uh, tomorrow. So we need all these chairs m- removed out of this room, uh, taken to uh, another room over, the family room, is that where we're gonna, oh, we're just gonna move them to the side. 
Oh, perfect. Like the Jordan River. Like, see all these sermons? These all those, we're going part to part the chairs. Just move them off to the side. So, awesome, awesome. Let's pray. Lord, um, uh, thank you so much for Michael, his time, his commitment, dedication to uh, this, this local church. I uh, pray you bless him in his endeavors. Use him in a, in a mighty way. Uh, Lord, we just are always excited for when you um, just uh, stir hearts and challenge hearts and lives. Uh, Lord, to, um, to just to follow you. It's the best way. It's the only way to live this life, uh, to experience the joy in it and the peace of it. It's just, it's just simply just to make a decision to follow you. And so, Lord, just be with him. Uh, watch over him, guard him, guide him, and protect him. Uh, Lord, the enemy is real, and Lord, we just know that um, we always need to be guarded from him and, and know that anytime anyone decides to uh, be at the, the forefront, uh, the front lines of the battle, uh, we're, Lord, we're, they're, they're, they're most susceptible to, to the attacks. And so protect his, his heart and mind uh, as he begins this um, exciting journey of this new ministry. Uh, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right, um, stack chairs, move them off to the side if you would, please. Thank you for being here. If you're watching online, thanks for watching today. God bless you.